I've said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by the lovely Leonora Cravota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So I'm out of... Good morning what? Good morning, Scott. I was going to say that today is Ash Wednesday. Oh, Ash Wednesday. Yeah, that's yeah right. yesterday was Mardi Gras. So today, yesterday was the day of uh, celebration. And today is a day of some solemnness. I'm just grateful that I'm out of Facebook jail. That's all. Well, that's really good. Yeah, so I mean, all the work you've been doing, all your Facebook friends can hear about now. Well, I, I found out last night. So I posted, hello world. <laughs> I'm hello out of world. Facebook jail. Here I am. <laughs> I said, well, what do you know? I'm out of Facebook jail. It's, you know, kind of a interesting thing. I'm a, a scottadamshow.com is still banned on Facebook. For what reason? I have no idea. I don't even have a blog on that website. All I do is I post my podcasts over there. And that whole site, if you were to type in scottadamshow.com and try to promote that on Facebook, it would say this site is a danger to your health. (laughs) All because of what you're hearing right now. What you're hearing right now is dangerous to Facebook. Now, that being said... Um, Mark Zuckerberg, my very first post out of the gate, (laughs) is a picture of Mark Zuckerberg. And the picture is of Mark Zuckerberg basically um, in a leaked video acting like a hypocrite. And so it says, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg takes an anti-vax stand violating Facebook's new policy. So here's Mark Zuckerberg violating his own policy. Let's we take still a look at the long term. Oh. See, we, we oh, yeah. basically modifying people's um, DNA and RNA. DNA is inherent in your own nucleus cell. We just don't know the long term side effects of, of basically modifying people. Last week, Facebook announced they are, quote, expanding their efforts to remove false claims on Facebook and Instagram 
about COVID-19 vaccines. Let's take a look at Facebook's most updated COVID-19 vaccine policy. The real kicker is right here in the policy where Facebook says it would remove any content that, quote, claims the COVID-19 vaccine changes people's DNA. Well, we just got a new leaked tape from Zuckerberg himself, the CEO of Facebook, basically violating his own code of conduct. He would be censored on the platform today for what he said. Share some caution on this because um, we just don't know the long-term side effects of, of basically modifying people's um, DNA and RNA. So when Zuckerberg said, quote, basically the vaccine is modifying people's DNA, it seems pretty clear modifying is synonymous with changing. Again, Zuckerberg would be banned from Facebook for saying this. This video of me showing the CEO of Facebook talking might be banned, but then Zuckerberg on November 30th in a public live stream Q&A appears to somewhat change his tune. And my understanding is that these vaccines do not modify your DNA or, or RNA. No. Uh, first of all, DNA is inherent in your own nucleus cell. Sticking in anything foreign will ultimately get cleared. Well, I'm glad we, we, can, we can clear that up. Yeah, I'm glad we could clear that up. Isn't it interesting that Zuckerberg can vastly involve his thinking on the subject of vaccines? As soon as he's made up his mind or appears to have made up his mind on the topic, he disallows the almost 3 billion Facebook users to do the same. Rules for thee, but not for me. Seems a little bit hypocritical, don't you think? What happened to free speech? And who is on this Facebook oversight board? Who makes all of their policy decisions? It's not that the insider is betraying Mark Zuckerberg. It's that Mark Zuckerberg is betraying what Facebook ought to stand for. We would know none of this, but not for the fact that we have a brave Facebook insider. Be brave. Do something. Yeah, so, you know, that's the thing. You can't even debate these things. Um, They they are very questionable. And Dr. Fauci has been wrong about uh, so many things. Face masks, uh, uh, whether or not asymptomatic spreads or not. Uh, the spreading of the virus on surfaces, all of these things have been called into question um, by the same person who is mandating that you wear now three masks. At first it was masks don't work, then one mask, then two, then now three would be an ideal situation. And And the problem with it is that we're still with these draconian shutdowns in New York City uh, people have really been uh, damaged, uh, students and children, um, and, and, and air travel. And, and this whole concept, this whole talk about Joe Biden talking about banning travel to Florida, all of these things draw into question the sanity of the leadership in America today. Leonora? Yeah, well, my comment about this specific to Mark Zuckerberg is that what I'm seeing here is he's this generation's Bill Gates. You now have a circumstance where not only is he controlling a major social media platform that he created, he's also playing a critical role in our health care through what he has been involved with in terms of his mouthpiece about the vaccines, whether he's for them, against them, or uh you know, tripping over himself or and he's also played a role in education. So you're seeing the same pattern happen where you have people that are extremely um, well known, extremely rich, making rules for the rest of us. So speaking of Joe Biden, did you hear about that town hall he gave over at CNN? Yeah, they never once mentioned that uh, it was in Wisconsin. They never mon- once mentioned that the crime rate in Wisconsin, particularly in Milwaukee, 
has skyrocketed in 2020. Why, why might that happen? You know, of course, it's because Antifa and Black Lives Matter have ruined the city of Milwaukee. They burnt it to the ground just like they'll do anywhere else. They're Marxists. They believe in Cloward and Piven. They believe in destruction so that they could build things up in the way that they see fit. But the main thing is, is that they've endorsed, you know, those bailout programs that Kamala Harris was engaged in. How about the Antifa.com website going to JoeBiden.com for Biden and Harris, right? And then how about uh, Black Lives Matter donating to Act Blue? How about the Lincoln Project? You know, a bunch of perverts over there um, engaged in pedophilia. And and her sexual harassment, uh, same sex sexual harassment, opposite sex sexual harassment. These losers, these losers over at Lincoln Project. You know, so the liberal, uh, the liberals are full of hypocrisy, where they want to somehow say that Proud Boys is uh, the the problem, uh, that somehow that someone needs to apologize for Proud Boys when it was actually. The Antifa group that was responsible for the violence. We're finding out more and more about the CNN and MSNBC paying off Earl Sullivan. Um, John Sullivan. John, Su- what's his name? His name is John yeah. Sullivan. John Sullivan. John Earl Sullivan. Is that what it, it is? It may be John Earl yeah. Sullivan. That may be yeah. where you're getting. That. Yeah. And um, you know, yes, here, it is John Earl Sullivan. Yeah. So so here here's a guy, part of uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, that donned his first ever Trump hat and um, raided the uh, raided the um, Capitol on January 6th. Then he got paid, it turns out, $70,000. 35000 for him and 35000 for his partner to actually do what they did. So CNN and MSNBC, who were supposed to be journalists covering the news turns out that they were actually financing and supporting. So over on the Gateway Pundit, it talks like this. This raises serious red flags. CNN and NBC paid Black Lives Matter leader John Sullivan $35,000 a piece for his U.S. Oh, okay, so no, it was just John Sullivan who was paid $70,000, $35,000 from CNN, $35,000 from NBC, for his U.S. Capitol riot footage. So he got paid to break in and take the footage. Well, how did they know about it? <laughs> you know? So it, 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 it kind of makes well, you, it you creates know, realize an incentive, that it's a doesn't contra- it? It, you know, it creates incentive, and then you con- it kind of also shows that some of this was pre-planned and orchestrated. No, but I mean, if you're going to be rewarded, right, for breaking into the Capitol while you're reporting that uh, it wasn't... See, here's the thing. I mean, they're reporting that it was Trump supporters that were breaking into the Capitol and that Trump incited this thing. And, of course, um, you know, New York Times retracted their statement with regard to uh, Sicknick yeah. uh, related to his death because of an aneurysm that was not related to any kind of an attack from a Trump supporter. That's number one. Number two, uh, you also had a uh, news reporter from CNN as uh, taking some footage working with uh, John Sullivan, from what I can understand here on this, but also suggesting that it was Trump supporters that were doing this, knowing full well that you're paying 
John Earl Sullivan, a Black Lives Matter guy that was in the Capitol, $70,000. So how in the world can you make that report? Doesn't that discredit you in some way that uh, you are does. paying a Black Lives Matter person who was in the Capitol building acting like a Trump supporter and paying them $70,000 to create an incentive to do more of this nonsense when, in fact, there's no track record whatsoever for Trump lovers around the world to commit any kind of violence? That when you go to a Trump rally, it's a just a splendid, patriotic love fest of America. And, and that's what the saying is, is it's true that uh, Trump is guilty of inciting love of country. That's yeah. what he's guilty of. Well, you've never seen any p- protests or any violence at any type of Trump event. So that that's that's the thing. Yeah. And that may and that may be in part one of the reasons why that not that there's any excuse for it, but there was an adequate uh, police coverage of the event because there hasn't been a track record of violence. So the, the media has become part of the problem and, of totally and, and enemy of the people. You know what this reminds me of, Scott? I was just thinking about how um, when CNN showed up when Roger Stone's house was broken into and they made you know and they made him go outside and his wife who's deaf go outside and everything. How did they know? Well, how did they know he was going to be arrested? Well, how did these people know to go show up? Of course, because it was planned. Well, I think that the big reveal is going to be when they find out the connection between the two. Okay, the two entities. So when they find out where this nexus is, because, and, and why we don't know already is beyond me. What, what kind of intelligence do we have that we, we, we could figure out where some terrorist is in a cave in a bunker in Afghanistan, but we cannot figure out the collusion between Washington bureaucrats and our mainstream media? And what kind of damage is CNN and MSNBC doing? And I would even add Fox News at this point. What kind of damage are they doing to the integrity of journalism for, you know, the future? Uh, because they're, dam- they're damaging. They're absolutely damaging journalism for forever. They're scarring it. And they're, they're going to create new rules and, and new problems that are going to take away and chip away at our freedoms. Why? Because they have journalistic integrity and freedoms um, at their disposal, but they're, they're peeing all over it. They're, well, they're, they're squashing it. it. They're, you know, we, one of well, our and they're ruining it. And so what's going to happen is you're going to absolutely need this, uh, a new, another new law to try to, um, you know, curb the kind of uh, exploitation of these, you know, freedoms. And, uh, and it's going to just chip away at our freedoms. And maybe that's their absolute ultimate goal. Uh, well, I think you're probably right. You, you know, what I see happening is, you know, similar to what we've talked about with Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, is you've got a situation where you've got the social media giants hiding under that protection, tr- acting as utilities when they're really behaving more like publishers. Well, and then you've got now you've got these journalists, as you keep saying, so-called journalists who are putting everything under the rubric of free speech. And they're getting away with not following what you would call the tip, you know, the usual well, rules of o- objectivity when investigating a story. And, you know, there's collusion everywhere. And they're, you know, used to th- when you used to think of journalism, when you used to think of, you know, all, uh, the reporters that would go, you know, and and un uncover a story or the nightly news broadcast you thought somebody was telling you the truth 
because they that they, they were unbiased. You know, they were telling you the truth. They weren't left. They weren't right. Even if they were were left in their own private lives or right in their own private lives, they were speaking for everybody. Not so anymore. Yeah, and and the same people that are involved with the New York Times retracting the Sicknick statement uh, in the wake of the acquittal on the trial of Donald Trump, in the wake of it, don't tell me for one second, don't tell me that they just got that information after Trump was acquitted. Don't tell me that. I'm not buying it. And then the other part is they're now talking about this reality czar. So the same people like... Mark Zuckerberg that puts together his censor group that comes out and says he questions the vaccine and then Dr. Fauci, who has a motive, obviously, little man syndrome, uh, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Evil Fauci, um, is, you know, just has an ego that's just through the roof, right? But they're saying one thing and then doing another. But these realities are, you know, you talk about, sorry about the phone, this is not our, our studio. Um, but in any case, um, you talk about the... <laughs> you can tell it's live radio when the phone is actually ringing. Yes. Um, so, you know, you, you also have uh, um, all these different conflicts. And the, the kind of thing that it's going to do to uh, journalism is, is, is a real problem. But... You have um, reality czars that are going to tell you up is down, down is up. You have, and, and these same people, they're, they're the ones questioning QAnon, right? QAnon. They say QAnon. Well, QAnon is great for the metadata, great for sharing information, and people want to do the right thing. You know, not everybody in the Q movement um, interprets things the way they should, maybe, um, or they're easily conned, or some other things, but there's a lot of good that came from the QAnon, and it's not dead yet. It's not dead at all, and I shouldn't even say the word yet, um, because it's really, I think it's going to have 2.0. I think that there's a reason why, on President's Day, it's President Trump that gets the parade, and Joe Biden's hiding behind his Biden wall. Well, and you, you know, know what? That's, in- that's interesting. what they're calling it, too, by the way. The, the Biden, Biden wall. wall. But yeah. you know what? I'm already hearing that Kamala Harris is ta- taking meetings with world leaders. Not that there's anything wrong with that. She is the vice president, but I think she is taking meetings that ordinarily would be taken by the president, certainly in the early stages of his presidency. So we're already beginning to see the shadow of presidency forming, which is what everybody suspected all along. So that's what I think, you know, you see happening with this situation is you've now got a you've got a um, circumstance where, as we've talked about since the onset of Joe Biden becoming the president, is that he is literally the proverbial man, the wizard. But he's not really a wizard. He's just a he's not the the great and powerful Oz. He's sort of the weak and inconsequential Biden, and yet there is still somebody behind the weak and inconsequential Biden pulling the strings. And that's what's going on. So it's like, and we've known it since the beginning, and the expression that I've used all along since so probably for more than a year now is he didn't become the president because he was the choice of the people. He became the president and he certainly became the Democrat candidate because he was the last man left standing on the dance floor. Nobody was left, at, you know, 
the the Democrats, their candidates, their whole uh, program blew up. He, he they they ate their own, and they're, they're left with Biden. And suddenly, Biden, uh, you know, who was a bland candidate to begin with, and the and then later all the corruption uh, surfaced. I mean, not that there wasn't corruption out in the ether before, but now you had even more corruption. So suddenly, you were faced with a bland candidate with a lot of corruption within his own family. Um, you know, corruption that he was aware of. While and corruption that happened while he was the vice president under Obama, now suddenly he's the president. Okay, all right, everybody, you happy with what you did? Hmm. Well, uh, did, did did Biden? You know, Biden was on a town hall last night, as we mentioned. Did Joe Biden mention Texas even once during his town hall? The answer is no. Um, also, Jack Posobiec wrote this. He says Antifa. Militant John Earl Sullivan got paid 70000 by CNN and NBC, as we reported, for filming Ashley Babbitt's death. And do, do we even know who the murderer of Ashley Babbitt no, is? No, we don't. So, and it's been, uh, it's been a month and a half, and we don't know. Right. And uh, also, apparently, um, you know, it's pretty bizarre, but... Joe Biden covered for China last night. We have a sound clip we're going to probably uh, play of that. But I also wanted to read this one because it's pretty funny. And uh, it's it's about the um, Texas freeze. My brother lives in Texas, and he has no power in his house. And it's 41 degrees, It's and he's got 8% you know, battery life. He had yesterday 8% battery life on his phone. The problem is real in Texas. Um, my brother is successful, retired, um, and uh, and doing well for himself. Lives in a very affluent ni- neighborhood in Dallas, and um, and and yet somehow he's directly impacted by this. Well, you if know? you have no power, you have no power. Even if you have a gas stove, you need electricity to turn it on. Well, it says here um, Luke Leggett uh, tweets this out and says. Uh, a helicopter running a fossil fuel spraying a chemical made from fossil fuels onto a wind turbine made with fossil fuels during an ice storm in Texas. That is climatism. Climatism, folks. You know, that's the new buzzword, right? And, and, and you've got to wonder also about the whole notion of global warming when it seems like there's an Arctic freeze going all over the country right now. Everybody is experiencing colder weather. Uh, there, there was these beautiful moments where they were showing ice skating in Amsterdam on the canals, uh, which you got to see, Leonor. And the, yeah, and, also- and I questioned, I said, is that safe? And then you pointed to an area and you said, you shouldn't do it over there. <laughs> but yeah, there's, a, there's just, a, you know, it's, it's, it's an Arctic freeze all over the world, it seems like. You know, it's really cold everywhere. Although and- we had a very nice day yesterday. Yeah. Oh, we, uh, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, all I can say is that the scientists aren't always right. You know, um, I played this clip of Ted Cruz and the Sierra Club, Sierra and International uh, President, um, where they were like 97% of the scientists, 97% of the scientists, 17% of the, uh, or 17 intelligence agencies, you know, and so on and so forth. They're always wrong. These these people are wrong. When it comes to the Russian hoax, the 17 intelligence agencies ought to look at themselves in the mirror and ask the question, 
uh, you know, have I done the right thing for America? And they didn't. You know, to your point about CNN and knowing about Roger Stone, you know, you've got this collusion between government and the media, and they're all inside at Washington in bed with the Liberal Socialist Party. And that's all being propagated by the socialist bureaucrats, the, the, the Democratic Socialist um, agenda within the wheels of bureaucracy um, that enable and cause things to happen like the IRS targeting conservative groups, which did happen. Lois Lerner lost her job as a result of it, but it did happen. And the arrogance associated with these liberal elites is just uncanny. And now we have a Biden wall with razor, razor fencing on the top that was supposed to be removed by now. And they won't remove it. And it, it's all for their protection. We're spending millions of dollars in taxpayer dollars to protect Joe Biden because he's out to lunch. He doesn't know which way is up. He doesn't even know what's happening. He, I don't think the guy knows his name. So you got other um, politicians that are hiding from, from, from the media. You got all these politicians that are hiding from the cameras. How about Andrew Cuomo? He killed 6,000 people, and now he's hiding from the media, and the media lets him get away with it. It's absurd. Chuck Schumer appears in Camillus, New York, on Monday, holding a press conference about securing aid to restaurants. And Schumer uh, runs from the press. And so we have this sound clip right here. Late this afternoon, Governor Andrew Cuomo addressing growing scrutiny over his administration's response to COVID in nursing homes. More than 15,000 deaths are They're tied to nursing scared. homes. He was asked today what he would apologize for. Remember where this was? You're in the middle of hell during this time. But we no excuses. No excuses. We should not have created the void. We should have done a better job in prov providing information. CBS 5's Mary Keeler reports tonight. Senator Schumer was in Camillus Monday morning hosting a press conference about securing aid to restaurants. It was here that I tried to ask the Senate Majority Leader about New York State nursing homes and the governor's response. First, while he was still at the podium. A quick comment on nursing homes, Senator? I tried again when he walked to his car. Senator Schumer. I was, no, no. I was aware of what happened, but it was in such a world that until I saw the video, I didn't realize how much danger I had been in. So there was a knot in my stomach. Thanks, everybody. Senator Schumer, a quick word on nursing homes. And he totally, you know, ran from the question. The senator's press team knew we planned to ask questions on behalf of New Yorkers who say they need answers. We reached back out to the senator's press team after this exchange and invited them to provide an additional response. Hours later in the Capitol region, Senator Schumer hosted a similar press conference and abruptly left without taking questions. Nope. Okay. Thank you, everybody. I'm going to get on my way. Have a nice day. No, I'm just, senator, thank you. Minority Leader Will Barclay says hearing about this is disappointing. And though he is the Senate Majority Leader and has, you know, more on his plate now, presumably, he still has constituents in New York. He represents 
New York. I think anybody who's elected that's aware of this situation in New York owes it to the citizens of New York to step forward and, and help facilitate having uh, government being able to get to the bottom of this issue. He's calling for a full investigation. You know, it's just it's the way it's going to be, right? It's the yeah. way the Democrats always are. They can't explain their positions because they're such hypocrites. And uh, they have been on both sides of every issue. Their position is always a moving target. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the thing that, you know, we got to, you know, but it's uh, it's uncanny, too. You know, we've been trying to say that windmills, Trump has been saying, you know, that windmills uh, stop blowing wind. They kill birds. You know, there's all kinds of problems. Right now, they can sustain Texas ice storms. Well, so, yeah, the solar panels aren't going to work if they have ice all over them. Yeah. The Bradford file, uh, the Bradford file wrote, I'm pretty sure most Americans would rather have mean tweets and a stimulus check than noting nothing at all. And I love this one from the Bradford file. It says, what the hell? Biden just claimed there was no vaccine before he came into office. He actually got the vaccine when Trump was president. Biden has lost his marbles. You know, how in the world can people lie through their teeth the way they do? Oh, Scott, he didn't lie. He had a senior moment. crazy it's absolutely crazy now let's take a listen to this so i say idiot robot pervert in dc joe biden tells cnn i like kids better than people huh <laughs> let's take a listen to that no no everybody knows i like kids better than people i so saw a picture of you with your grandson recently that's right he got panned last night and i don't even think people even care uh, i bet you the ratings are going to come out that they're going to be very low um, because nobody considers he didn't get 81 million votes votes yeah, well, that, well that's what it comes down to and one of the things that uh, the media the media lo- loved about Trump although they certainly would never admit it was he brought them ratings nobody wants to watch Joe Biden do a town hall I mean nobody wanted to really watch any of those things while there was an actual election in progress now that he's the president no nobody cares I mean about watching him so, you know, to the point you just made, the fact that there was more attention given to um, a drive-by of Trump in uh, Florida than Biden doing a town hall just shows where people's minds are at. Yeah. So Trump uh, laid, it, laid it out for Mitch McConnell and uh, cocaine Mitch is what we like to call him because he's been shipping drugs through the Asian Sea through his wife, Elaine Chow, through his that company that they own called the Foremost Group. For decades now, in 2014, they pulled over one of their ships and busted them for uh, narcotics, cocaine, and uh, they they got away with it. They, they, you know, something that people would be spending so much time in jail. Remember Alice Johnson, who got the uh, par, uh, uh, commutation on her sentence? Yeah. Well, thanks to Trump, um, she did nowhere near the crimes that Mitch McConnell did. So Trump takes aim at Mitch McConnell and he says the Republican Party can never again be respected or strong with political leaders like Senate uh, Senate uh, Mitch McConnell at its helm. And this is where he basically says uh, uh, he he, he oh, well, that's, I don't have the I don't have the text in front of me, but I'll get it. Um Actually, what I did was I pulled up the whole statement from the Trump team, 
And what, what had happened is uh, it was too small to read. But it says, blasting Mitch McConnell as dour, sullen, and unsmiling political hack. So Mitch is going to have his hands full if he wants to go against the GOP. And I'm saying this right now because Kentucky County demands Mitch McConnell resign as GOP leader of the U.S. Senate over disgusting attacks against President Trump. So he doubled down. Mitch McConnell doubled down against President Trump. The thanks that he gives President Trump, right? And so he doubled down against his attacks. And so people are questioning what's happening with the GOP, why they have taken the shape that they've taken and taken the turn and and pointed themselves in a direction that's wrong. Yeah, of course, you know, um, people know about our new organization called MAGAPAC and Bugle Call, and they're one and the same organization, really. Uh, MAGAPAC is going to appeal to the um, Trump lovers, and uh, Bugle Call is going to support uh, the America First agenda, and that's how we're positioning it, because with the 501c3s, there's some limitations as to how much we can endorse candidates and how much we can, how political we can get. Yuko Call is so, going to be more, more focused on our programs, which right. will include uh, educational programming on the radio and video, and also virtual and in-person conferences. So yeah, stay Ma- tuned. More is good, more to come. Megapack is going to be a lot more targeted toward uh, candidates. But Mitch, Mitch is going after. It says, Mitch McConnell doubles down. GOP Senate leader now attacking Trump in Wall Street Journal op-ed pushes criminal charges. So my question is, what is the GOP doing? We've got to get rid of this GOP leadership. You know, and, and I, like I say, I blame Ronna McDaniel mostly yeah. for this because I think she's a, a miserable dingbat and failure. Well, you know, we could read. Oh, I have this right here. This is part of Trump's statement. My only regret is that McConnell begged for my strong support and endorsement before the great people of Kentucky in the 2020 election. And I gave it to him. He went from one point down to 20 points up and won. How quickly he forgets. Without my endorsement, McConnell would have lost and lost badly. Now his numbers are lower than ever before. He is destroying the Republican side of the Senate and in doing so, seriously hurting our country. This, those are the words of the, uh, former President Donald Trump in his statement. Right. And uh, it says, if I'm in a foxhole, Vernon Jones says, if I'm in a foxhole, give me Donald Trump. He doesn't back down from liberals or rhinos. Team Trump bringing spine back to the GOP. It's a new party. Let's get ready to rumble in 2022. You know, everybody, everybody's talking about, um, well, and then Kellyanne Conway, I want to read this one too. Inside Lincoln's pro- Lincoln Project's toxic workplace accusations of sexual harassment and a culture of infighting. Staff described a workplace where women were sidelined and were sec- where sexist and homophobic language uh, was used by leadership, white men who took all the money. So they, they were doing that, right, at the Lincoln Project. Um, you know, it's almost like you can't write this script any more obvious than what it is. I, I don't know who in, the, in this country is not getting the memo. I don't know who is not understanding the hypocrisy of this entire thing. I just don't understand that. 
I mean, it's so obvious and clear, right? Our listeners totally get it. Um, but yeah, you got to question it anyway, because still, you know, we're losing power, right? We're losing. Well, we we don't have the presidency, we don't have the Senate, we don't have the House. So what? What? But what? The one thing we do have is we have a conservative majority on the Supreme Court. Right, but you know, we have we have other bigger problems, and one of the things that's so true is that um and we're going to play a clip that uh from biden and uh uh and and china but china is taking the rare uh, they're they're controlling the rare earth suppliers so china is it controls 80 percent of rare earth goods japan France, Estonia, others, you know, they play a part. What's so significant is, do you know how you make an F-35 fighter? You make them with these rare earth minerals. China is exploring limiting the export of rare earth minerals that are crucial to the manufacturing of American F-35 fighter jets and other sophisticated weaponry. So that's a little bit troubling. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And... (laughs) You know, so we we have to be concerned about this type of thing. Now, I have a clip um, about how this was addressed last night in that stupid town hall that Joe Biden did. Um, But let's take a listen to this. You know, Chinese leaders, if you know anything about Chinese history, it has always been the time when China has been victimized by the outer world is when they haven't been unified at home. So... The central, to vastly overstated, the central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be a united, tightly controlled China. And he uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. I point out to him, no American president can be sustained as a president if he doesn't reflect the values of the United States. And so the idea, I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in Western mountains of, of uh, China and Taiwan trying to end the one China policy by making it forceful. I, I said, and by the way, he said he, he gets it. Culturally, there are different norms at each country and they, their leaders are expected to follow. Well, Jack Posobiec wrote and he posted that and he said, breaking Joe Biden spreads direct CCP talking points when asked about Xi Jinping's genocide of the Uyghurs. And, you know, that was a, a not a clear statement by Joe Biden. Joe Biden should have said something to the effect um, that uh, what they're doing over there needs to stop. Um, and uh, what they're doing to the Uyghurs, uh, who are imprisoned right now, what they're doing in Hong Kong, and how they're violating the 50-year agreement uh, you know, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And I like this, too. Jack Posobiec says, Joe Biden has been in government 50 years and spent all of them aiding China's rise and the decline of a middle America. No reason to think he would change suddenly. And that's what's at stake, folks, is our middle America, our middle America. And this is all about exploitation of slave labor. This is a humanitarian crisis. You could look at it like it's a humanitarian crisis. 
This is a, a, a situation where China is being unbridled right now. They're not being stopped. I mean, we just, we just there was an explosion in Iraq uh, in the last 24 hours where soldiers of ours got injured. Um, I'm not sure if there was any deaths associated with this, but um, Biden said nothing. You know, is you could attack our, our troops in Iraq or anywhere else and nothing's going to get done about it. And we need to do better because China is a threat to our middle class America, our manufacturing jobs. Actually, I want uh, to just interject the explosion yeah. that you're speaking about, the rocket attack. It injured five Americans and killed one foreign contractor working for the U.S. in Iraq. Yeah. And what was our response? Nothing. It's frustrating, right? And we got to do better because uh, this would not happen. The fact is it wouldn't even happen because you would end up doing that. And what you would have is you would have someone like their Soleimani ending up with no legs at the end of the day, you know, being blown up in a, in a, in a, in a drone attack. I mean, that's exactly what happened with Iran and uh, Soleimani, I mean, Trump just took him out. And there's, there's going to be a price to be paid when there's a President Trump, right? But when there's a Biden who is uh, out to lunch with um, socialists that are more concerned about domestic uh, theory and domestic um, experiments, you know, social experiments, you know, where they believe that climate change is the existential threat. All in the name of government regulation and taxation and exploitation. The military-industrial complex cares more about the money being made to the retired Pentagon lobbyists who are working hand-in-glove with the top brass at the Pentagon, and they're all getting rich through kickback schemes and pay-to-play schemes. And politicians are in on it, too. And that's exactly what's happening. But we have to worry about our middle class. Our middle class is so important. The tax base, the the regulations associated with climate, um, you know, the manufacturing jobs that are created as a result of energy independence. We also have to worry about not having excessive regulations so that small businesses can operate properly and make, you know, make a profit. And, and, you know, again, in the wake of COVID and everything, there are still so many businesses that are shut down. And who is impacted by this? To your point, the middle class. And the trade deals. And the trade deals are to the benefit of the multinational corporations. You know, I once asked um, uh, Heather McDonald, really great, one of my, you know, favorite people, uh, thinkers to to have on the show and we had her on first question first question i asked her was um how does this benefit you know how does endorsement of black lives matter and 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 antifa and thro- turning a blind eye to this and supporting the liberal mayors and governors that tell their police to stand down how does this benefit the multinational corporations who support that and support the taking of the knee how does nike benefit from colin kaepernick for example or or how does disney uh benefit from it or how does mark cuban benefit from you know his 
whole rationale about the national anthem. And most of it has to do with China because China is the big red bear right now. It's not the Russian bear. It's the Chinese. And it's the slave labor markets. And so why these corporations support and depend or promote and perpetuate this is because they're already knee-deep invested. So, like, for example, if you deal with the devil, you're going to get bit. And at this point, you get companies like NBC Universal that want to put up a big theme park in China and get access to the 1.5 billion people that live in China. Well, those types of jobs that are over there, they're, they're 12-year-olds working 18-hour days for, for a couple of dollars a day living, and then they go home and sleep, and they live in these bunk beds, you know, in a room filled with 36 kids that are working in sweatshops, making Nike shoes, where Nike is selling these shoes primarily to, to street people, black people, and white people that play basketball on the courts in the, in the inner cities that aren't really making a lot of money, but it's that street uh, thug mentality that is part of the hip-hop culture, both white and black, and it's not really race, it's, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a different um, population group that's getting gouged. Their value systems are out of whack. And it's all part of the marketing and psychology and culture perpetuated by the mainstream media, by Hollywood, telling us what's cool, what's not, what's right, what's wrong. And you and I, uh, the people listening to this show are not influenced so much by it. But the people in the hip-hop culture or the people downstream are. Yeah. And they're being exploited by a $150 pair of sneakers that are made by a 12-year-old working 18-hour days in China. And that shoe costs about 12 bucks in materials and shipping. And the multinational corporations are making a killing off of this. And then they're controlling mainstream, mainstream America. And the targets and the, and the Dick Sporting Goods and the, and the Best Buys and all these big corporations that, you know, the Home Depots and the Lowe's, the people are exploiting the heck out of this because their hammers and their, their, wood, their, their, their tools are made in China. And so the point is, <clears throat> is that when they say it's okay to take a knee, it's because they don't want China to end that dream of having a theme park. And, you know, it's interesting so, is um, these are the same people that come out and say they care about children and everything like that. And minimum wage. And, and minimum wage. But the reality is they are, they're out there supporting yeah. the uh, exploitation of children. Yeah. Nobody could possibly live on the minimum wage of today, right? Nobody could do that. And, uh, and meanwhile, at the same time, do they even give two cents about um, the 12-year-old working 18-hour days in China? But see, the, the other part is by having access to that inhumane slave trade market uh, that ex, ex, that's controlled and dominated by the shipping lanes. Oh, now we just, we're starting to talk about Mitch McConnell again, right? So, you know, these shipping companies benefit greatly 
because not only do they ship the, the hammers and the tools and the, the sneakers and, and the cars and, and, and everything else in between, but they also ship drugs, fentanyl. They control our populations. And, you know, the borders, be damned, you know. So open borders uh, so you can get trucking from South America uh, and shipping lanes through San Francisco and uh, Nancy Pelosi country and Maxine Waters country. These are all shipping ports that come from Asia. And it's, it's the reason why it is that Oregon and Washington and San Francisco are so liberal and so corrupt because their shipping ports bring in drugs and corrupt politicians turn a blind eye and they exploit slave labor markets and the politicians stay politicians forever. Diane Feinstein just filed to be a, to run for Senate in 2024. She's 87 years old. In 2024 she'll be 90. She'll be 96 when her term is done. Do you think that's healthy? Do you think that's normal? Do you think that's what the founding fathers had in mind that that these corrupt politicians make a killing? They're no longer serving the people. They're serving themselves. Well, you know, it's interesting. When you look in the corporate world, after a certain point, people retire, and they also make space for, you know, the next generation to come up. In Congress, not so. I mean, yes, we do have some young people rising up. You know, of course, they're ones that we're not that crazy about, like AOC. But where are, you know, but you've got these people continuing to hold on to their spots when maybe they're not as effective as they used to be. Yeah. So it puts mainstream businesses out of uh, out of the market because there's no way that mainstream business, you know, Joe's Hardware down on Main Street can't compete with Lowe's and can't compete with Home Depot. And it, you could take that across the, the board, you know. You know, JoJo's uh, sneakers can't compete with Dick's Sporting Goods. You just, it's going to be a whole different market. And... So there's the problem. We no longer have our identity. We're gentrified. The banks take over every corner in Manhattan. Um, the the uh, mom-and-pop uh, stores that give New York its, its identity uh, and flair and flavor uh, all get replaced by gentrified uh, big corporate. Well, you know, we uh, these multinational corporations exploit the slave labor markets abroad in developing nations so-called developing nations like China is supposed to be developing. And it goes on from there. And these same hypocrites that actually are doing this are the ones talking to middle-class America while they take away your job and send it overseas. They're telling you that you deserve better. You deserve a $15 uh, an hour uh, uh, minimum wage that's going to cost you your job but they're not telling you that part. They're not telling you that. They're not telling you that the person who could be providing you with that job can't really afford the $15 minimum wage. And the one example that I keep hearing is with the tips, is that there are so many people that make a lot more than $15 an hour in tips. They get a very small hourly wage, but then they can make, some make $25, $30 an hour, maybe even more. And you start start mandating a $15 minimum wage, those people are going to be making less money. So how does the government actually support all this? They support it through taxation, of course. But how do they support socialism when you, you know, sooner or longer you run out of other people's money? They actually support it because these trade deals 
are uh, uh, are financing the governments through tariffs and some and, and some other tr- multinational trade mechanisms and banking uh, and, and devaluations of money about you know value I should say valuations of money and central banks and that's how they're controlling all this there's no consequence and so so long as they can stay in power but what trump was all about and what america first is all about is honest bilateral trade yes and uh and and taking you know making sure that we um ab- do you know properly object to the slave labor markets and and hold com- countries like China accountable for their hum- uh, inhumane treatment of people? Well, America First is and about protecting is our middle class is and about our values. America First is about the belief and the strength and the character of the American people. It's not isol- isolationist, but it does still prioritize the security of the American people and sanctity of American laws, values, and cultures. And you know, and and everything else underneath that follows that policy and that um, thinking, and that and that's one you know, of the things that we stand for. And like I say, I've been saying this for a long time, and I talked about that trip in Italy where I was on a train thinking about the middle class, and, and the idea, and I've been talking about it a lot, and that is that you know the middle class is on the margins, the people in manufacturing jobs on the margins. And they don't want they they're impacted by political decisions in America, and they don't want to be told what school to send their children to, what religion they can believe, um, or what color their picket fence should be, or whether or not they could put a deck on their house, uh, and so on and so forth. What kind of truck emissions they can get? It doesn't matter. They don't want to be told what to do. They're living on the margins. They feel every decision. They feel it with pain, and when these uh, implementations occur, it impacts their ability to find work, meaningful employment. And, you know, the, the more demand there is for employees, when there's a strong working middle class manufacturing uh, situation going on in America, like under Trump, um, the minimum wage takes care of itself because the demand for good employers, employees is so great that the employees are empowered by the price that they are valued at in the market itself. It's an organic raise in compensation. Exactly. exactly. That's it. So the minimum wage takes care of itself in a, in a healthy market. It's only when there's, you know, the government gets involved and crushes the market through social engineering that you end up having the problems, the unintended consequences. Well, hey, that brings us to the end of our show. You've been listening to The Scott Adams Show, and uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Cravota. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.